Welcome to episode number six of Cass County Conversations. Randy Smith along with Keith Stowe on this Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day. You know why you should never say Happy Memorial Day to a soldier? Because it's not a happy occasion. It is not a happy occasion. A lot of people tend to get Memorial Day and Veterans Day mixed up. Memorial Day is when we remember those who are fallen, those who died in battle or, or afterwards. Veterans Day is when we say Happy Veterans Day. That is signifying those who fought for our freedom and came home. Memorial Day is a rather sad time and soldiers, my son is a, is a veteran and he lost a member of his unit in Iraq and he remembers him and, and other fallen members of his unit who have died since they got home from Iraq. So I know firsthand how it feels for the soldier right. on Memorial Day. So please don't say Happy Memorial Day. There's nothing happy about it. And I think a lot of that is because Memorial Day is the first first weekend of summer. First, it's the first weekend of summer. So, everybody goes camping. Everybody cooks out. The pools are open. And that's vacation why, that's start. That's why a lot of them say happy without really yeah. realizing. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Cass County, 10% of our population are veterans. Did you know that? I didn't know that. We have a very large population of veterans here in Cass County. We always have. Cass County was formed by veterans. Um, of course, back then they were Confederate veterans. And you know, <clears throat> in looking through the old newspapers that I've been doing for, for Founders Day and the history of Atlanta, in the 1939 issue or 29 issue of the paper which was the 50th anniversary of the citizens journal mm -hmm. they printed accounts of confederate soldiers they had these men write up little bios of themselves at war and it's so interesting do you want to hear some of them yes absolutely david smith he enlisted in the confederate army in talladega alabama in april 1862 at the age of 20 and placed in Company S, 30th Alabama Regiment, under Colonel Shelley in command, and Patterson was captain. He was in training for about 30 days, and these are his words. He wrote this. Regiment then marched to Cumberland Gap, Tennessee, where we fought several minor battles with the Yankees. From there, we were sent to Vicksburg. During the Battle of Vicksburg, we were taken prisoners. After the Siege of Vicksburg, we were exchanged. From there, we went back to Cumberland Gap, then made a raid into Kentucky. We marched into Atlanta, Georgia, several hard battles being fought along the way, among them being Lookout Mountain and Missionary Ridge. On July 22, 1864, I was wounded in the Battle of Atlanta, Georgia, and was sent to the hospital at Forsyth, Georgia for about 30 days was fur furloughed home for four months, then was placed in hospital at Talladega, Alabama on light duty and remained there until the close of the war. 
I am nearing my 87th year and am still carrying the bullet in my breast from the big battle in which I was wounded. Wow. Wow. You know, bullets back then are not like bullets today. No, they were. I guess they were heavier. They were harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's scary to know he's carried a bullet. 87, well... From 20 to 87, 67 years, he survived with a bullet in his breast. Yeah. Crazy. And then J.W. Kelly wrote, and he was 89 when he wrote this. He's been making his home in Cass County for the past 13 years near the Louisiana state line, making cross ties. He enlisted in the Union Army on April 1861, and served under General Lightburn. He was wounded in the neck by a piece of a bomb in the Battle of Richmond, Virginia. Lived 89 years. Wow. William Northern. He was 84 when he wrote this in 1929. Enlisted as a volunteer in the Confederate Army in April 1863 at the age of 17, Company D, 18th Texas Infantry. He was in the battles of Mansfield and Pleasant Hill, Louisiana. That was very close. You know, that was the closest Civil War battle to Atlanta. Mansfield? Mansfield. And the Jefferson even got ready for it. They had, um, they had, um, not war parties, but they yeah. fortified the town and, and got ready. Okay. In case something happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. A couple hours from here. Yeah, it's not that far. Okay. So, he was in those battles, and he had several holes shot through his clothes, but came through the war without being wounded. He was at Hempstead, Texas, when the order came to disband, but being under Captain T.J. Rogers of Jefferson, his company stayed together till they got to Jefferson, where they received their discharge on June 1st, 1865. He moved to Cass County in 1861 with his mother and settled eight miles south of Linden. Now, here's another one. T.J. Vaughn, age 86. He was a Louisiana volunteer, joining the Confederacy in May 1864 and was discharged in May 1865. He was a member of Company A of 28th Louisiana Regiment. He was only in a few skirmishes during the last year of the war, He moved to Texas in 1890 and has been a resident of Cass County most of that time. Now, the next one we're going to talk about is a relative of someone you and I know. Okay. Do you remember Mr. Tomberlane from school? Oh, yes. Mr. T. I had a nice conversation with him on the phone the other night. Courtney. He he is doing well. He and Sue are still living in the area. Mr. T., if you don't know was a history teacher at Atlanta High School for oodles of years, and his wife, Sue, was the speech teacher. What else did she teach? Um, English? English, I believe. English, and he taught history, and he was well-known for making history come alive. I did not have him in not. school, but my son did, Jeff, and he gave Jeff the History Student of the Year Award that year. Jeff was just enthralled with Mr. T. I, ne- I did not have Mr. Cumberland for history. I heard a lot of good things. I had a football coach. So you know nothing about I history. Know nothing about <laughs> history. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Mr. Tumberlane, their class finished the history book. 
we got up to the French Revolution, I believe. Wow. Okay. So you missed a lot of history. I, we missed a lot of history. Wow. I did not have Mr. T in school, but his wife was my speech teacher I when I was working at the radio station. My mother paid her to give me private lessons to get the twang out of my voice. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to her house once a week and do exercises. And Mr. T was there, and I saw a lot of his... Um, he had, like, um, a, a suit of armor. He had all these swords and, and old guns and, and all these war artifacts. It was really cool. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a he, cool guy. He loves his job. Yeah. You know, they, oh, he they loved all, it. They always say if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I, I feel like he's probably never worked a day in his life. I don't think he has either. I think he kind of misses having an audience. Probably. I've, I told him I wanted him to come on Founders Day and take the mic for about 20 or 30 minutes and just talk. So maybe he will. Maybe uh, we'll have him that afternoon on stage. That would, that would be neat. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can contain him to 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> I'll get a big hook and, and, and pull him off stage. But his grandfather, D.B. Tomberlane, in 1929, he wrote, he was 85 years old, and he was, um, this is what it says, of Hugh Springs, Texas, enlisted in the Confederacy July 26, 1861, at the age of 17 years from Tennessee, in Company C, 25th Tennessee. He was in the Battles of Richmond and was captured at Drewley's Bluff, May 16, 1864, and was sent to Point Lookout, Maryland, and put in prison for three months, and then sent to New York and put in prison for seven months. He was prison paroled. You know, a lot of the Confederate soldiers, um, when they were captured as prisoners, they were put in jail. They were considered in jail. And to get out, they were paroled. So a lot of these Confederate soldiers, when you say, when, when were you discharged? They weren't discharged. They were paroled. Right. Yeah. So he was prison paroled June 9, 1865. Uh, D.B. Tomberlane was hit twice in the Battle of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, both being flesh wounds. He has since, now this sounds like something Mr. Tomberlane would tell. He has since plowed the field in which he was wounded and picked up many balls. That's what the bullets were back then, balls. Cannonballs. Yeah. He came to Texas, or... They weren't musket balls back then, were they? Um, or that was Revolutionary War. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure someone will correct us. <laughs> he came to Texas in 1894 and lived at different points in Cass County for the past 32 years. Of course, that was written in, in, the, in the 30s. Then we have J.S. Draper. Age 83 of Brian's Mill, he enlisted in the Confederacy from Shelby County, Alabama in November 1863 in Company D, Captain James A. McCoy's regiment under General Thomas at the age of 17. He was not in any big battles, but was under fire several times, once for a week, and he, used to he was used to check raids of Union soldiers. He was captured at Blakely and held prisoner on Ship Island for three weeks and honorably paroled 
in April 1865. Then there was George T. Daniels Sr., age 83, of Bivens, Texas. He enlisted in the Confederacy as a first-class private in May 1864 from Alabama. He received his discharge at Columbus, Georgia in 1866 by parole from the Union Army. He came to Cass County in 1903. J.A. Hargett, age 83, volunteered in July 1864 and joined the Confederacy at Atlanta, Georgia and was discharged at Hamburg, South Carolina, April 1865. He was in Company I, 9th Georgia Militia, under Captain Henry E. Moss. He was in the battle around Savannah, Georgia, and others. He and Mrs. Hargett celebrated their golden wedding anniversary on January 16, 1929. She was Miss Hetty Wells of Marietta, Georgia before her marriage. They have one son and three daughters living. Mr. and Miss Hargett have been citizens of Cass County for the past 39 years. Now you notice how they said she had these children living? Mm -hmm. It was so common for babies and children to die in the 1800s that they would say how many kids they had and then they would list how many were living. Okay. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Now this one, I thought this one was really interesting. Wash Harper, age 84, enlisted in the Confederate Army as a private at Knoxville, Tennessee, Company D, 6th Florida Regiment, Finley's Brigade, Bates Division. He took the measles and was sent home on a 30-day furlough Returning to the army a few days before the Battle of McLemore's Cave, marched to Lafayette and there was ordered to report as a nurse to wait upon the sick and wounded of the McLemore fight. A week later, when the Chickamauga fight started, they were ordered to move the sick and wounded by wagon train to Tunnel Hill, then by rail to Atlanta, Georgia, thence to Forsyth, Georgia, where he remained as head nurse until just before the Battle of Missionary Ridge on September 22, 1863. The Army then retreated to Ringgold, and after a skirmish, they retreated to Dalton, Georgia. Now, you recognize some of these names, but they're not local. They're Georgia. Right. Yeah. And went into winter quarters. The following March, they were attacked by the Yankees, and after four days of hard fighting, the Yankees retreated but returned to the attack in May, and after four days hard fighting, the Confederate Army was ordered by Whisper during the night to retreat to Resaca, Georgia. Here they had four more days of hard fighting, and they were then forced to retreat by a flanking movement by Sherman's Army and cross the river to Cassville. He was captured the following day, May 20, 1864, and carried to Rock Island, Illinois, and remained in prison there for 13 months, being discharged on June 20, 1865. Wash Harper came to Texas in November 1870 and settled at Douglasville, later moving to the Lost Chapel community, where in the fall of 1876, he bought and moved to his present home, where he has continuously lived for over 52 years. He was married to Miss Betty Draper on September 29, 1872, who died on October 13, 1927. <clears throat> oh, that's a lot of reading to do. And out of all those names, I can, I can, I can probably name you a relative of most of them. Yeah. There's lots of, we can probably come up with a lot of relatives of these people. Yeah. Now, J.F. Hawkins, age 83. 
enlisted in the Confederate Army at Henson Springs, Alabama, and served the last two years and nine months of the war. He was in the battles around Harrisburg and Corinth, Mississippi, and Atlanta and Dalton, Georgia. He belonged to Company H, 10th Alabama, Alabama Cavalry, served as courier under Colonel Powers and General Wheeler. He was married to Miss Marianne Isbell on October 12, 1871 in Alabama. Eight children were born to them, three sons and one daughter living. Again, sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. only half their kids lived. W.E. Newby, age 81, of Naples, served in the Civil War 18 months before its close. First guarded prisoners six months at Andersonville, Georgia, from there to Charleston, South Carolina, then to Savannah, Georgia, back and forth until the close of the war. Newby came to Cass County from Georgia in December 1888. Now this man, this is the most interesting one. I like this one. Cornelius Rowan Curtright, 3rd Lieutenant in Company D, 4th Regiment, Texas Volunteers, Hood's Brigade, Fields Division, Longstreet's Corp, Army of Northern Virginia, Captain Clompton's Company, Texas Volunteers, Star Rifles. The brigade was present at 83 engagements from May 7, 1862 to Appomattox Courthouse, April 9, 1865. The brigade played a prominent part in six of the greatest battles of the Civil War. Gaines Mills, Second Manassas, Antietam, Gettysburg, Chickamauga, and Wilderness. About 4,500 men fought in the three Texas regiments of Hood's Brigade. At Appomattox, there were but 476 men left to surrender. They lost about 4,000 men during the war. Wow. Kurt Wright and his wife Gertrude lived in Cassetta, the Cassetta Mountains Cassetta of Mountain. Cass County, in the McCorder boarding house until his death on November 23, 1923. He was buried in Floyd Hills Cemetery in a coffin furnished by Snipes Brothers Mercantile. How would I know that, you ask? I, yeah. <laughs> because on Ancestry.com, I happened to find a letter from Snipes. It was a pension letter. Uh, Confederate soldiers who were on a pension, when they died, you had to send proof of their death to the government so they would, you know, stop sending the pension. And so the guy from Snipes signed it and said he knew he was buried because he furnished the coffin he was buried in. So he sent proof to the government that Mr. Curtright was dead. Yeah. Now, Lieutenant Curtright um, was a precinct chairman in the um, late 1800s of Cass County. He was pretty active in politics. And he was also a rural letter carrier in the Douglasville area. Okay. I thought that was interesting. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, lots where, of interesting where was, people. Uh, Snipe Brothers Mercantile. Snipe Brothers Mercantile was in Douglasville. It was one of the big buildings in the huge town of Douglasville. Okay. And at one time, Douglasville was very big. Right. Um, my uh, great great uncle, Tom Howe, Dr. Tom Howe, had an office there before he came to Atlanta to practice with um, the Nichols and 
in um, McClung's. Okay. So, so you could you could buy a coffin at the Mercantile. Yes, and Hanner's Mercantile and All Day's Mercantile here in town also sold um, coffins and did undertaking. There was a Hanner's Mercantile here. Hanner's had their own mercantile. That's how they started. I did not know that. And the Hanner brothers went to work for All Day's after they closed their mercantile. They went to work for All Day's, and one of the Hanner brothers. I forget which one was the over the um, coffins and undertaking funeral business for all day. Back then, funerals were done differently. You went to the store and bought a coffin and a funeral. So they handled that until they opened a funeral home on Louise Street behind the Hanner home. That was Hanner Funeral Home. Okay. And they started there on Louise Street before building the what we now know is as Hanner Funeral Home on Main Street. Where was it on Louise Street? On Louise Street, um, it's no longer there. But if you know where David and Lou Walls lived on Louise Street, uh-huh. they've since moved and sold the house. But that was the Hanner home. Okay. And behind it, they had another house built for the funeral home. And the driveway goes up around back to where that house used to be up on the hill. And I went up there and took pictures and, and did a little history thing about okay. it. Okay. It was really cool. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hanner's is the oldest funeral home in town, being that it started out as All Day and Sons and then became Hanner's. Um And now, of course, it's still owned by the Hanners. Mike Hanner owns it. Right. Speaking of Hanners, they're going to open our time capsule on September 9th. Okay. They buried it for us in 1972 for the city. And uh, we're going to have some information on our Facebook page on Atlanta, Texas history. On if you want something buried in the time capsule to be open 50 years from now, There'll be instructions on the Facebook page on how to do that, how to get your stuff in there. And when they dig it up, they're going to put the stuff back in and rebury it. Now, what they dig up is going to be on display all day long, September 10th, in the old Miller Grade School. What do you know about the Miller Grade School? You know, I don't think I have ever been in the Miller Grade You didn't school. go to school there? Yes, you no, did. No, I did not. I you did not? Uh-uh. I, I moved here in 72. Ah, oh, that's right. In the fourth grade, and we were at the, well, the, element, the elementary school. Yeah. Uh, the elementary school, yeah. Uh, I can't think of the name so of the you didn't So you didn't go I to did primary school. I went to first grade there. I was in the... I was in the last group, I think, who went to first grade there. When did when did the when did Miller Grade School close? When the primary? I want to say seventy two. When the primary was opened. Yeah. That yeah, when the new primary sa- was opened. Uh, yeah, seventy two. Something like that. Oh, my sure. brother, see, my brother graduated in eighty five. He would have been there what seventy two. He was in the very first class that started at the new primary school. Okay. So I want to say seventy two. And the high school was built like in seventy or. Yeah, I think the new the high school was built in seventy two. 
I want to say 72. They still call 72 it, is a big year for Atlanta They still schools. call it the new high school. It's spooky. <laughs> yeah, they they moved the high school there, and so the, the high school became the junior high. Mm-hmm. And now it's called the middle school. Middle they don't school. call it junior high anymore. We went to junior high, well, that, well, but my kids went to middle school. I still call it the junior high. Yeah, I do too. When people say, where you live? Right across from junior high. Yeah. Right across from the sixth grade building, yeah, which is not high, the sixth grade building. Junior either. High West. Junior High West is what it's called. Yeah, wow. That's what, now that's what we Middle call School it. West or Junior High West? It was Junior High West back then. Junior High West. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure if my class was the only one, but seems like fifth grade, seems like our fifth grade, I think it was fifth grade, half of our class went to Junior High and half stayed over at the elementary. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, guess, I guess because our class was so big. Or in fact, I believe, I believe we were the biggest, largest class in Atlanta. Well, my class was the biggest class in Atlanta. We started out at the old Miller Grade School, but we were so big. After first grade, they sent half of us to elementary. So I had second grade, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade were at Atlanta Elementary School. We had one, they took two classes and knocked out a wall and made one huge second grade class. And then the next year, our third grade, they put us out in the PE building at the elementary school. Because everybody came, Everybody that had stayed behind in second grade now was there yeah. at elementary with us. So we had to have a class, a huge class, in Mr. D's PE building. Yeah, I th- I think, so they said we were the biggest. Well, I know we were the biggest or one of the classes right around yeah. there. We had, I believe we had 222. What's your favorite memory of middle school, of junior high here? Favorite memory of middle school? Uh, I don't know if this, I, I would classify it as my a favorite memory, but one that stands out is uh, Miss McClure's Big Red. Oh, <laughs> that's only, everybody. You were two years ahead of me. I, I remember I that. I only got it one time, and that was the only reason I got mm-hmm. it that time, is we were taking a test, and I, we were goofing off, no, noisy or something, and she said, Every, okay, everybody that doesn't make below make below 90, whatever, we'll, we'll, I'm going to give them a lick. Well, I, didn't make, I made, didn't make 90, so I got a lick. You got a lick I, for not making above 90? That's just cruel and unusual punishment. My mama was not happy. She, she was kind of strict. I remember that. Out. Yeah. I remember, how many times did you fall running from sixth grade to the cafeteria. You know, the hill, going down the hill, going through the bus ramp to the cafeteria. Everybody just piled in. Huh. When the yeah. lunch bell rang, everybody ran. I, you know, I don't remember. We had no order whatsoever. I remember running from the sixth grade building down to the cafeteria, and then you had to go around all the tables and come back around and get in line. And I can remember getting in trouble for um, jumping over a table to get in line. 
Everybody was doing it, but I got caught. You're the one that got caught. I'm the one that got caught, yeah. I also remember. I'm always the one that got caught. Oh, sixth grade, beginning, beginner band. I thought I was going to wanted to be in the band. Uh, <laughs> after about two weeks. I'm I, sorry, that's funny. I decided that uh, I couldn't get nothing, no sound to come out of the trumpet, so I decided. Well, Man. you have to blow out, not in. Well, I, I don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> I never did, I never did, uh, Get Mary had a little lamb to sound good. Well, I was in the oh, band. I I'll tell you my favorite memory. What's your favorite memory? My favorite memory is Mildred Collins. <gasps> I love Miss Collins. And her uh, her music class. The thing I remember most is we did gospel songs. Yes, they don't do that anymore. No, you couldn't do that today. You might not have done it back then. But you had heard for music. When I came along, Miss Herring was our music teacher. Yeah. And we did a lot of popular songs. In fact, the house or a house. This house was Miss Collins. Mm -hmm. Her and her husband they built built this house. That's awesome. Or had this house built. I don't think they built it. Well, you've got good vibes here. I do. Miss Collins was a wonderful, wonderful. So every every time something goes goofy in the house, you you blame it on Miss Collins. You blame it on Mildred. Blame it on Mildred. You know she had post polio syndrome and she had a limp. That reminds me of your lamp. Yeah. So that's that's really. And every time you would ask Mildred, "How you doing?" Perfect in every way. Yes. And she would also call me along with other people, "Sweet old boy," but she abbreviated it. S O B. That sounds like Miss Collins. You, you come into church. She's in the auditorium in the wheelchair. A U S O B. Oh, no. Oh, Mildred. Oh, please. Oh, Miss Collins. You know, she played the organ at First Baptist Church. And I'll never forget, I was having a bad day one day, and I don't remember why. But I was just not in a good mood that morning. And she let me sit beside her on the pew while she played the organ. And I was always amazed at how she would make her feet and her hands move like that. And she... One day she taught me a few things, and I got to... She taught me the doxology on the organ. Now, my feet wouldn't reach the the pedals, so she did the pedals, but she taught me how to play. Because she would do the doxology at every service. Mm -hmm. And I used to call it the doxy-loxy. (laughs) Because I couldn't say doxology back then. And I would say, Miss Collins, can I play the doxy-loxy today? And she'd say, sure, get up here and play it. So she let me play the doxy-loxy. Yeah, she's... That was... (laughs) That's my favorite memory, guys. She was an excellent teacher. She's one. She's a one of a kind lady. Yes, she was. I, I miss her. Yeah. Uh, she was sending me to to UIL when I was in seventh grade. I think she was my English teacher, and I was supposed to go to UIL, and I came up with laryngitis or tonsillitis, and she came to see me at home and brought me some flowers because I missed UIL. I thought huh. that was sweet. I don't remember her ever teaching anything besides music. Well, that was probably after you. Yeah. You were in high school by then. I'm so much younger than you. Two years. <laughs> Two years younger. I'm just a baby. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the baby of my class. Yeah. Or one of the babies of my class. Yeah, I was the baby of mine. I'm an August baby. Yeah, me too. So everybody else was getting their driver's license and, and cars 
for their birthday, and I was still like, hey, can I go to lunch with you? Hey, can I if ride I, with you? If I had started school in Texas, I would have been one class behind. Oh, yeah? Because of the way my birthday falls. Ah. My birthday was always the first week of school and Forest Festival week. My birthday was always um, the first week of school. What day? Your your birthday is what, the 20? 26. 26. Mine's the 13th. We've had this discussion before. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember... For my birthday, getting school clothes. I got school stuff for my birthday yeah. every year. Did you? Well, we were already in school. Yeah. Sometimes we started school before my birthday, but usually it was like the week after. Yeah. Or we would sell, or maybe I'm confused because we would celebrate my birthday before school started. Well, my, usually the, my birthday was the first week. I always fell within the first week of school. Okay, so maybe mine was. I can remember being on the playground out here at the junior high, now middle school, watching them set up the forest festival across the street. Yeah. That was cool. Yep. I miss that. Yep. So many good memories. Yeah. And some not so good. And that's what the podcast is about. Yep. It's about memories. Uh, of course, we call it Cast County Conversations because it's just, y'all are just listening in to Randy and I having a conversation that has to do with Cast County. County or Texas or, you know, sometimes personal, sometimes not. Um, but we did want to do a special for Memorial Day for, for our soldiers. So um, I do know that the American Legion is having a memorial service. You can go on Facebook and look at J.E. Manning American Legion post, and you can get the details. It's going to be at Veterans Plaza on Memorial Day. It's going to be that morning, I believe. Um, I'm going to be there uh, supporting them for that. And um, Veterans Day in November, of course, Veterans Day is always November 11th. I'm going to do my annual... Uh, celebration for veterans. I'm not sure who's going to be my speaker this year, but I'll get someone interesting. Um, Mayor Brooks is going to be there. Um, we're going to do it, and I've, I've still got some sponsors. Uh, I've got Mission 22, which is a, a, a veterans organization to help prevent um, suicide. They get their name from the fact that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. And I think that number has actually gone up. But they work to prevent that, to bring that number down. So they will be there. Uh, Gary Sinise Foundation, the actor who played Captain Dan in Forrest Gump, he has a, um, a neat foundation that helps veterans. They're another sponsor of mine. They'll be there. Uh, of course, the American Legion, the VFW, the high school will be there supporting. And I'm not really sure who all, what what else is going to entail yeah. on that day. But I will always have it at 6 p.m. November 11th, no matter what day that falls on. It will always be at Veterans Plaza to thank our veterans for their service. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of Cass County Conversations. Join us again for more. 
Bye.